writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode of Right Pack Radio, we're going to talk about books that have inspired us as writers and so forth. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, producer, David Allen Lucas, author of Crazy Things. Um, finally, I guess I'll do an update on writing, though this actually will air the second week, weekend of November, so hopefully I'm going full strength now. But I found something that's helping me with my writing, and that's something I learned from David Morrell, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, where you talk to yourself, proverbial muse, back and forth on your story until you have your story ready. So it's not plotting, but it is a form of exploration. And with me being, my first name being David, or Dave, it's not my favorite version of my name, but... If you know sci-fi, I would say I have to call my other self on the computer, Hal, mm-hmm. H-A-L, for, I like and I enjoy working with humans, Dave. So, I do get a little kick from time to time. And with me today is my lovely wife, who is also working on her story. Yes, I'm Melanie Lucas, and since we are talking to the future, I am busy writing halfway th- done through, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh through, through your first draft? Yeah, well, through my uh, uh, November writing, which I forgot the name of. NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo Challenge. Yes, that yes. was last week's episode, by the way. Oh, no, it's next week's up. Last week's episode. I don't know. You've blown my mind, David. I know, I was blown my mind, too. So, anyway, along with us, well, along with us also. Quantum tournament. Quantum. Yes, I feel like Quantum Leap. <laughs> Um, along with that is also the Madame of Illustration and I'm sitting in so the forth. Madame of Murder's chair. Yes, so. she's not here today. <laughs> uh, my name is Jennifer Solzer. I'm a children's book author and illustrator. I'm working very hard on way too many projects, but that's the way of it, isn't it? Um, you can check out my fantasy novel for young adults on Amazon. It's called Threadcaster. I also have a picture book for, for little kids, and I'll have lots of more stuff coming out, hopefully in the next uh, few months, including a book for uh, for early readers and a chapter book for grade school kids. So that'll be fun. Excellent. Also with us today is the Sky Commodore of pirate ships that float in and blow things away. I'm teasing. Yes, uh, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, Brad Arcook is the name. Uh, I'm currently writing a bunch of things, so... Uh, expect stuff to come flowing out into the world soon, and uh, you can find it all at bradarpick.com. Excellent. And also with us is the fantasy guru himself of writing about snakes and trombones and anything else. Anything else. I am Ryan P. Freeman. Uh, I am also the founder and president of the Hannibal Writers Guild. And um, I think about time this is coming out, I'll be doing a book signing for um, my illustrated and coding book fiction, my short story, The Trombones at Once, at Main Street Books in St. Charles, Missouri. 
uh, of course, illustrated by our very own Jennifer Stolzer. So, thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and uh, you can find out all of my fantasy books uh, at ryanpfreeman.com. Excellent. And that today is our little panel. Um, I am actually going to open up this a little bit more. Open up the topic. We've, we're, our planned topic is to talk about books that have inspired us. But you know what? As I got sitting back here and I'm looking at Jen, which I know we're not on video, but I'm looking at her coat that is a Babylon 5 coat. And I'm looking at certain Babylon 5 books. I think we should also include other media besides just books. So, this is going to be an episode we're going to talk about stuff on writing, but also not only on writing, because I don't know about you guys. I know Jen and I had a conversation off mic, but I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I find when I'm reading all about writing, A, I feel less like a writer. B, I feel a little uninspired or deflated because I'm not doing it that person's way or the way they insist it has to be done. So I want to talk about books that have, that have inspired you to continue to write, have books that are movies, television shows, etc., same thing, or things that have somehow inspired you as a writer that makes you want to do something along those lines. Um, and with that, I feel like there was going to be something I was going to say, and now my mind went blank. So with that, what are some books that keep you going? Oh, and that's what I was going to say before we do that. I talked about how sometimes reading these uh, reading books on writing makes me feel personally like, yeah, I can't write. I want to remind everybody, there hit, of course, there's always, there's this meme going around. About, you know, hey, if you really feel like all you're doing is writing junk, remember, someone actually sold the movie rights to Sharknado, and they made money. Not only did they sell the books, sell the rights for one, but there's actually, I think, been five Sharknados. Think about that for a moment. So don't be ever uninspired by what you're doing. With that, what are some books that have either about writing or that just have kept you going? Ryan, I'm going to go with you first. Okay, well, you know, the biggest thing for me was when I was little, I'd come home from school, I'd get a bowl of cereal, and I would play Legos. I would build Legos. I'd build all these little castle stuff, and I'd watch Redwall. Uh, PBS used to have Redwall series by Brian James, and it's awesome. It's on YouTube now, because I watch it every now and again. Um, but really, what I learned, what I, what I read when I was little, uh, whether it was The Shelf I Could See, which happened to be fantasy in the library. Hmm. I started reading from, like, Rising, or uh, Redwall, or Bogart, or uh, Lord of the Rings, um, Robin Hood. All of those old stories really helped mold uh, my imagination. So when I finally sat down, I was telling those stories that I was playing out as a kid with Legos, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's affected me ever since. Cool. And it's kind of funny you said that because as you're saying, I'm thinking too, yeah, there's a reason I like to write science fiction. One of the oldest books I read when I was a kid was Runaway Robot. <laughs> and of course, I can't, of course, I was very young when Star Trek was in its first run of reruns. I'm not as old as Star Trek. Star Trek 
ended in six right before the landing of the um, Man on the Moon Apollo Eleven, I believe. I had double checked my dates, and I was born just weeks before Apollo Eleven myself. And of course, Star Wars came out. That was a big changer. What about you, Brad? Anything? What about you? Uh, well, so I would throw this out that there. Uh, this is a multitude of answers because right. there are books that inspired me to become a writer, and that is, you know, classics from my childhood and all that kind of fun stuff. But in terms of books that inspire me to write, or media that inspires me to write, that actually is probably never ending. Um, because when I run into really good stories, I get ticked off that I didn't think of at first. Um, and I mean that in the, in the nicest way possible. Uh, but it is true that, um, so when you come across some really genius, like, oh, that was brilliant. And I'm going to throw one out and this is totally for fun. Uh, this is not necessarily what inspired me, but I love the idea so much. And the fact that no one thought of it until now is hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, the, what was it? The wall, uh, with Matt Damon. Uh, where the uh, it's the Great Wall of China and there are all these monsters oh, oh yeah 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 that they have to it from yeah campy movies could be but that premise alone is genius <laughs> you know, the Great Wall of China was erected not to keep out people but to keep out monsters and the fact that it took China and all the rest of the world so long to think of that uh, is crazy but um, because of things like that. Uh, that's really what keeps me going. Those little twists uh, that you can kind of come across that you see either in today. I mean, Marvel's pulled off some really good ones. I will totally give them credit for that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say that there are still things to this day that uh, inspire me to keep, you know, plugging these words away. What about you, Jen or Melanie? Well, you were talking about Star Trek, the original series, mm -hmm. but Next Gen inspired me. In fact, it probably, it took me a really long time for my, and I think a whole generation of science fiction writers had this problem. Uh, basically, really long time for uh, my writing to stop sounding like a Star Trek fan fiction. <laughs> I am confessing right here and now that that has held me back a long time. Because mm -hmm. yeah, anytime, I love talking about exploration. Yeah, right. Star Trek. Yeah. What about you, Jen? Um, well, I actually, I've probably mentioned before on the show, but some of my earliest writing was because of how much I loved uh, choose-your-own-adventure books. So I would write my own choose-your-own-adventure books, and my my best friend Nikki and I, we were in we'd be in different classes, so we would write our books during class, like the bad kids that we were, and then at recess we would take each other's adventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we ran into a question, you know, if you took a path that hadn't been written yet, then that we had to prioritize it for the next recess so that we could meet up again and take the adventure. And that has, uh, that's inspired me to keep sort of, I, I've always tried to, to keep all different sides of my imagination open to see the different options. And that's become one of my favorite parts of writing is is the revision portion, uh, trying to figure out how to solve the problem or what other path could this take and, and coming up with alternatives. So uh, not that, uh, not that the, you know, it's, I, I do write, 
I don't write any choose your own adventures any longer, but I do use that choose your own adventure format to help me plot. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna go to Ryan and then to Brad. Uh, what Brad was saying earlier got me thinking. I, I love those bits that take, you know, like we have this thing in real history, but like, but what if it's not for what you think it's for? Um, I loved, I, I got so excited and I loved when Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter came out. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln yeah. Vampire Hunter? Okay. You know, like, there's so many little, little, little aspects in history that it's like, well, why do people do that? And if you add vampires, it makes sense. And I love <laughs> that. So, um, that, that's my name. Like, okay. if you add vampires, it makes sense. Okay. And over to you, Brad. <laughs> so, we've been waxing nostalgic over old sci-fi and, uh, you know, things like that. So, uh, I would be remiss if I did not say that I was totally influenced by, like, Buck Rogers and uh, uh, some of these, which, uh, and the reason I bring this up, I actually was just watching Buck Rogers last night. I was going to okay, say, okay, okay. Wait, wait, which Buck Rogers? We're talking about the 25th century? Yeah. With Gil Buck Gerard Buck. and all that? Yeah. Awesome Gil Gerard and, and all the great, uh, Marky Post was in that episode. It was really crazy. Cool. Uh, Lady from Night Court, for anyone who doesn't remember. Because <laughs> uh-huh. we all watched anyway, Night Court. <laughs> uh, so the reason I bring this up is that some of these things, uh, do not stand up to the inspirations they inspired. <laughs> uh, so I would almost throw out that Sharknado might be a good like kind of thing for somebody who's out there now today and is getting inspired. And perhaps maybe the bad ideas are almost better for inspiring because they inspire better ideas later down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is all the great adventure novels and adventure uh, radio dramas. I uh, was recently uh, talking about... Uh, like The Shadow and some of the other great uh, radio dramas that came up. Uh, I was talking about those at Archon. And uh, point being that it is uh, this great level of storytelling. So it almost doesn't matter how the story gets. It's the amazing characters and other things like that that are really cool. Excellent. And for those who are hearing, we now have our other panelist who is joining us. Hashanda! Now let her introduce herself, the queen of hey, the Butterflies. We're recording, so please introduce yourself and join the discussion. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. This is Hashanda Hoffman. I am the creator of Shades of Romance magazine. I am also an author. I wrote a book in 2015. Currently working on a middle grade science fiction book. Ooh. And working on a book festival that I'm hosting in November, and just a busy mommy. <laughs> yes, you are. And uh, we're and discussing books and other media that have inspired our writing. Okay. Right. doesn't have to just be books on writing. So, okay. um, yeah, and Brad, back to you. That's, that's true. The, there's a lot of good stuff of the old sci-fi or even just drama of the old radio dramas. If anybody's ever listened to this um, podcast in the past has heard me talk about radio dramas, those, thank God there are a lot of them on YouTube now. <laughs> they are so good. Okay. Um, YouTube is a blessing and a curse. Yes. Okay, so I'm looking around the panel real well, fast. We, we need LaShonda to tell us about what books have inspired her writing. Yes. Or movies, TVs. And we can come back to you. Oh, man. Tons of books. Yes, um, I was trying to think of coming around here. Who? Um, one of my favorite authors is Beverly Jenkins. And she writes historicals, romance, uh-huh. and she writes uh, women fiction. So mm-hmm. both sides have... I've been reading her over 20-some years, so she gets me all the time. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm into Outlander series. 
that has just blown me completely out of the park because it's a time traveler story. <laughs> and I just fell in love with the hero, Jamie Frazier. And every time I think about a man that I'm writing about, I'm like, what would Jamie do? So <laughs> 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 that inspires me to do that. I was, I'm looking on my, um, the, say, what's the name of this book that I just finished reading? Um, I can't think of the title because I always put it something else. But it's a, it's a, a children's book. Um, I want to say the blood, the blood of the bones. Oh, the children of blood and bone. Children of blood and bones. I just started reading. Oh that my one. god, that blew me. That made me pick my book up, the science fiction book that I was doing, pick it back mm-hmm. up and go, uh-uh. <laughs> did you read it or did you listen to it? I listened to it. I'm listening to and it. I it's mean, a, it's it amazing. Just, it, it, it had me thinking. It had me coming up with ideas in my head. I mean, I'm reading and I'm getting ideas of my own for my own story, and I haven't right. done okay, that no, in a long just time. Just for a little bit of background, what is the back jacket cover version of this book? <laughs> With, with no spoilers, since I'm still in the second chapter. Yeah, it's about finding magic. Okay, it's a group of people who have white hair, so that really shot you. Yeah. <laughs> they have white hair, and you're, you're a magic. And, and um, they're kids. And back in the day, they had their families had magic. Everybody who had white hair had magic. They could do different things. And a king's family was killed by somebody in the magic family, and <clears throat> He banded them. He came up into the villages and killed everybody. One of the girls, just the, the lead in the story, he killed her mother. And so they have been secretly learning how to protect themselves because they feel that one day they might have to take over. And so they need to know how to take, protect themselves. Well, the king's daughter, best friend, was killed by her father. And she, she had something that he wanted. I won't tell you what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's something he wants, and the daughter has it. So she runs out, and this is how she meets the young lady. They run, they run into each other at, at, a, at a market, and the lady says she's going to help her. And so they go on an adventure to go find where this place is that they need to take this thing to. And that's the adventure. And supposedly, this is just book one. Ooh. So, because I was like, oh, she didn't end it right. I need some closure. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it's, I mean. It's only winning lots of awards. What, so. was, um, what's his name? The night show. The uh, the late show. Is that the late show? Which with, uh, one? With, um, oh, I can't think of nobody's names today. Um. It's on Channel 5, so he took over Johnny Carson thing. What oh. I, uh, you mean Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon picked her book as his book selection, ah. which really blew her up. She already oh, was a New York bestselling, but that really took her to another level. Mm-hmm. And um, But uh, it's just because the book is just amazing. It's different. You know, I'm, I'm a Harry Potter person. I loved Harry Potter. And um, so it's, it's kind of like you think Harry Potter... But it's like on the aisle. I would just say they were more like in Africa or somewhere. Yeah, like it's a, it got a different flavor. Yeah, and so it's just like, wow. But the book just made, every time I was thinking stuff, I would go, oh, let me go write some stuff down. This is wow. <laughs> so why, why was it so inspiring? I, okay, go ahead. And then I'll get it. You know, because I haven't I haven't read anything like that since Harry Potter's Um science fiction wise or something like that and so uh i didn't know what to expect when i got it people have been talking about it they were talking about it 
And I'm, I'm like, when somebody talks about it, I got to get the book. Let me download it. Let me listen uh-huh. to it and see what it's talking about. But I think it just was different. You know, she, she I love world building. She had her own world. She had this big cat, like dog. <laughs> that was her pet that they could ride on. And so, you know, it kind of reminded me of Avatar a little bit, you know. It just was, it was just different. It's one of the things, I'm, since you want to hang with that, I'm going to go dig into there. It's always interesting, and this is one of the reasons why I want to talk about the books and other media that have keeps us inspired. Because there's no new stories under the sun. Mm-hmm. I say that, but yet we find different stories. There are stories that inspire you to write something new. Take, for example, everybody's favorite, uh, Tolkien, which is the Lord of the Rings, the entire three books, and The Hobbit. Okay? Put that on the side for a second. Keep it in your mind, but put that on the side for a second. Then add in Richard Wagner. Now, I'm going to say beautiful music, ugly man, if you know about his politics in the past. <laughs> but Richard Wagner's entire four opera series, the the um, Rheingold series. Rheingold. Yeah. yeah, which starts with um, Rhein, uh, Das Rheingold, uh, uh, Das Rheingold Valkyries, Siegfried and Guten Damerung, which politely is translated to the Twilight of the Gods. If you actually know German, it means a damnation of the gods. Those two separate bodies of work were inspired by the same Viking saga. Vaskar the Vaslong and the Fall of Nibelongens. Good luck trying to spell that. <laughs> but, Sounds like a Dr. Seuss story. It, it, it's not. It's, it's far from Dr. Seuss. And it took, if you can find the book, congr- congratulations, it took me a long time to find a book with a poem in it. And it's a long saga poem. But there's everything inspires us to continue to write. This is, I think, why Stephen King says that a, a good writer needs to be well-rounded, well-read, a well-read writer. Um, one of the things that has been inspiring me recently with a story I'm working on is the retelling of Battlestar Galactica. And the retelling of Westworld. And old-time 1970s Battlestar Galactica. All of these got ideas from Fred Saberhagen's Berserker series, which also dealt with robots trying to destroy all life. Over to you, Ryan. Um, Thunk. One of the Thunk. things I do, because I, I, I really took uh, Stephen King's advice about trying to be more rounded in the heart. And so, actually, when I when I drive down to St. Louis Writers School, we just go to the animal. Um, afterwards, I always end up reading three books. And, I, and I, get, I get a book that, you know, an author that I know I'm looking forward to. But then I force myself to pick up a new author. Um, and I know it's like, Dylan you know, Ryan, you should know about him, but that's how I found out about Neil Gaiman. A bunch of other people that I, I wouldn't have picked up otherwise. I mean, I picked up. Dresden Files that way. I picked up a couple of other ones, and, and I love it. And it expanded my universe, my world. It made me think things, feel new things. Um, I laughed. I cried. I laughed again, you know. Um, and um, it was awesome. And I don't think I could have done that if I didn't push myself out of my sort of, like, insular, like, dozen favorite authors, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I've done that too with um, David Weber, who, if you know, if you've heard me in the past talk about Honor Harrington's series, he's the only sci-fi author, he's the only fiction author who I've ever read back-to-back in his series until I caught up with him. I normally read a book, then go off and find some other books, and then come back to the next one in the series. No, I had to read until I caught up. Mm-hmm. There was like, I think, nine books at that time. And then that's also how I found Walter Mosley, who I know is a king in the mystery field as well. But actually, I found um, his book, actually it was kind of a collection of short stories, which is The Tempest Tales. And it's not a mystery, but it made me read mysteries. It is hilarious. It's all about a guy, a black man, who gets mistaken as being a perpetrator of a crime. He wasn't exactly, how should I say, perfectly, perfect man soul, you know. He was he was cheating on his wife and so forth. He had bought a CD player, if I remember right. I also said I've seen the play, so I'm not sure which one I'm clicking on there. But where he bought a CD player for his fiance or for his girlfriend while he was on the phone talking with his wife or vice versa. And he gets shot by the cops. He gets into the line of heaven to get to heaven. He's waiting there, waits a long time to get up to the gate, pearly gates, and the St. Peter's sitting there and go, mm, what are you doing up here? You're supposed to be going down there. And the guy goes, no, he says no. He goes, oh, hell no. And that starts a whole entire big ruckus between the devil and the angels trying to get him to go to hell. And he's like, no, I'm going to live on earth. No. I'm not, I'm not going to hell. Check it out. That's not as far as I'm going to go. I'm not going to spoil this for anybody. But it is hilarious. I'm picky on comedy. So, um, how about some books on writing that keep you going? Go for it, Jen. Uh, ironically, my favorite book on writing is called On Writing. Oh, is that Stephen called King by, Stephen, by King? Stephen King? Yes. Um, that's my favorite book on writing. I don't read a whole lot of books on writing for the reasons that David mentioned earlier. Mostly I was a, uh, I was a, an honor student in high school. And so I was very good at following rules and instructions. And a lot of the books on writing, uh, I, they induced a lot of panic in me while I was working on my manuscript. So I actually... Finished up my manuscript before I read books on writing, because then it was like, don't, you know, oh, this doesn't adhere perfectly to the the hero's journey. I have to go back and change it. It's like, no, you're done with it. Keep that in mind for the future, and then that's a better place for me to read books. But uh, On Writing by Stephen King is, is great, because it's part memoir, part instructional book mm-hmm. and it really helps me to receive instruction from him having understood the lessons that he learned that led him to these um uh, to these wisdoms that he's sharing so it's like don't give up after the first thing and then we've already read this example you know all these examples of all the times that he didn't give up and you see mm-hmm. how that's evolved and I, it was a it was a good read it endeared me to the man and also added an extra bit to his writing instruction and writing wisdom. Along with that, I'm going to come over here to Ryan next, but I don't know if I said this on the mic or not. It was recently I said next time I'm really going down on my writing, but I feel like I can't chew it. <clears throat> Give me a reread the work by um, 
Herman Woke, who you might know popular by Winds of War, War and Remembrance, The Cane Mutiny. Um, he wrote a book called Tinkerer, no, Sailor and Fiddler. Sailor and Fiddler. And um, in the book, it's also a memoir. It doesn't quite do what Stephen King does. Um, Herman Woke, as far as I know, is still alive, so probably getting up there because when he wrote this book, he was already turned 100 years old. But sure he's still alive? Last time I looked, which was recently, I think he was still alive. I'm going to double-check myself here. But in the book, he says, he's talking about this one project that he did not think he could ever write at all. It was beyond him and impossible to write. And he says, while I'm writing this book here, if I'm talking to you about right now, I'm holding that book in my hand. It's published. So, hey, anything that keeps you going? Ryan, over to you. Things I write, fantasy. Um, my, I think one of my biggest influences um, was uh, Tolkien's own fairy stories. It deals with, with legend and myth and, um, and a little bit of history. Um, but it, it delves into the narrative of fairy tale and what, what it does to us and what it means for us to be able to be storytellers. Um, he talks about how when we take up the, 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 this idea of telling our own fairy tales, telling our own stories, when we're practicing this ancient art of self-creation, um, I just think it's so cool. Um, and I really like, I kind of noticing this pattern now that we're talking about it, I like, I like genre and I like stories that, that it takes an everyday thing and it makes it magical. It, it reveals that perhaps it was magical all along. <laughs> yep. um, and so when I write, like, that's one of my big kind of personal goals is to write something that, yes, it's fun, yes, entertaining, uh, yes, it's little, but like, but it makes you, makes you think. Um, and that's kind of continued to be my, my personal kind of writing battle cry ever since. Real quick to answer Melanie's question. Sailor and Fiddler, Reflections of a 100-Year-Old Author, that was released on 2016 to mark its 100th birthday. As of what I'm reading right now, he is 103 years old. Good for him. He is still alive and going. So with that. Although we're writing to the future, everyone look up and see if anything's happened. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, with that age, yes. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. yeah. At that age, you don't make plans for, you know, next year. You make plans for next week. <laughs> yeah, well, granted. Another book, if anybody doesn't have one also on writing, I'm going to throw out another one real fast. And to me, it speaks to me because I don't just write. I'm also a martial artist. So I am a warrior. I claim that. To my brunt, to my art. So another book is called The War of Art. Now I'm sure you're familiar with Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Or le the lesser known book by Nikolai Machiavelli, the man who wrote The Prince, The War of Art as well. But this is a play on it's the war it's the war of art. And it's written by Stephen Pressfield. And basically he takes it takes everything you're doing and applies a warrior concept to writing, including that resistance that you feel like, I can't continue on, is the enemy inside of you is trying to stop you. You can overcome that. Um, over to LaShonda, and then to Ryan, and um, then to Brad. That's your enough for Brad. One of my favorite TV writers is Shonda Rhimes. I love her. And she came out with a book called The Year of the Yes. 
I don't say it's um, writing book per se, but it's about motivation. And I deal with fear a lot. And mm -hmm. it was really amazing to see that my favorite writer dealt with fear a lot. And she's very successful with all her shows on TV. You know, you're like, how could she be scared of anything? <laughs> you know, but she, her book was, I highly recommend to read if you deal with fear. Because she chose to say yes for, for the year. Because she always said people invited her stuff, and she said, no, I'm not going to that. I'm not going to that award show. I'm not going to that, you know. And so she, her sister said, you need to say yes sometimes. So she said for the for one year, she was going to say yes to different things. And it showed how saying yes changed her life, changed different things and stuff. And so I highly recommend that if you deal with fear, uh, you need a little motivation about writing um, from somebody who's actually doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's Shonda Rhimes, the year of the yes. Excellent. Um, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to reverse my next order. I'm going to go Brad, since we haven't heard from me, from you in a while, and then pop over to Ryan. Brad. Well, first off, I would throw out that the war of art is actually the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, however, what I would actually was going to say is that uh, you neglected to mention the Book of Five Rings, which is where I thought you were going. Oh, no, yeah, I was going to leave that alone for a bit. It's a book on philosophy of life that writers should read it. However, uh, what I was actually going to throw out is that uh, for those, I don't know if I really talk about it here much or whatever, but uh, I stem from a storytelling tradition, uh, and the notion of storytelling is where I get a lot of inspiration for uh, writing my stories, and that is because... The storyteller's job is to inform, uh, to pass on information, and a variety of those kinds of things, but to do it in a way in which you have no idea that all of that just happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the notion that the morals, the fables, the life lessons, the uh, tips and tricks, and all of the kind of good things in life... Uh, are wrapped up in a nice condensed thing that people can remember and pass on, but then also may not even know that they just learned all those life lessons. It's just a cool story. Um, so for that, I would throw out that uh, some of my favorite stories and some of the things that still hit me up today are those very same stories that I would tell uh, as a storyteller, um, just because they're timeless and classics and great like that. Uh, two of my favorites just to throw out um, so anyone who has ever seen or heard or read Stone Soup, uh, used to love to tell that one because it is a wonderful, uh, uh, tale. And also, uh, another good one is the Giant Soup Jam Sandwich, uh, which is all, you know, both about communities coming together and all that kind of good stuff. But anyway, passing, passing the mic on to Ryan. Coming back to you, sir. I finished I guess, the day of recording on October 21st. Uh, it been one of my favorite authors who passed away last year, Ursula K. Le Guin's 84th birthday. Who? And I'm sorry. Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, okay, sorry. He's breaking up again. That's why I asked that. Ursula K. Le Guin. Okay. I'm She also wrote um, um, Steering the Craft, which is a book I'm writing. And Wonderful. Uh, I only, she, she, I like, uh, sort of like, um, the 
Uh, it was really a new frontier in the city. I got about half of that. I do too. <laughs> Ryan, I know you're seeing right, right, right next to your server, uh, right next to your Wi-Fi, but for some reason you're coming in red. So I'm going to come back to you for a second. I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to watch for that. To, okay, that's getting better. That's the problem. One time, um, I, was, I will apologize to everybody. Sometimes doing this remotely does make that a little hard. Okay, Ryan, you are good now. Go f- try say again. try again. Take right. two. Ursula K. Wynn. She would have been eighty-four the day day that we're recording, October twenty-first. Uh, she wrote "Steering the Craft," which is awesome. It's a book on writing. Uh, it, it kind of takes elements of spirituality. She's in in Italianism uh, with uh, a lot of her personal experience writing. Uh, she really pushed the boundaries of sci-fi and fantasy. In the 60s, especially back when nobody, nobody was, was pushing it the way she was. Um, he, she is a wonderful writer. Check out her work. She also had a new biography video come out. Um, you don't have to look it up in her name, um, but it's wonderful. Excellent. I'm going to throw out a book as well. And it's not a book on writing, but it's a book to keep going. I'll help you keep going. Actually, no, I'm going to throw out another book too. On that, I'm going to, have to look up its title because I loaned it out and I can't find it. And if they returned it, I have yet to find it. So I'll look that other one up in a moment. But this one is called Just Blow It Up, Firepower for Living an Unlimited Life by Dixie Gillespie. G-I-L-L-A-S-P-I-E. And basically the whole thing is to boil it all down. Somebody tells us you don't do it, just tells you something that you can't do. You look at them, you blow up their idea, and you do it anyway. That's the short version of it. And while I'm looking that up, does anyone else have anything? I know, I'm surprised neither Jen or I have talked about one show that I know as You inspired. opened by talking about it. I know I did. I didn't talk about it yet. <laughs> I was going to give it to you because I thought you were going to do it. Uh, well, uh, B5 is excellently written. Uh, I actually carry a, a tiny Londo with me when I go out writing because he is probably the best written character I've ever encountered in TV. And I I kind of use him as a, sort of like my muse to remind me what's possible because I, I just go crazy for character stuff. And uh, they, take, they take that character, the character of Londo Malari, from one polar to the opposite pole. But it's done so seamlessly that you don't even realize the changes have happened until you're on the other side. But he never feels out of character because he is written having responded to what's happening around him in such a natural way that you understand why he does everything he does. But he still surprises you because he's smart and he's thinking. So I'm, I'm inspired by that. I try to inspire myself with that sort of example. And he's just one of many characters in B5, uh, written by J. Michael Straczynski. He wrote like 80% of that show. I thought it was closer to 90, but yeah. He was, uh, the first two seasons, he he had other writers come in and help write individual episodes. But starting about midway through season two, he just wrote all of them. Because it was, everything was tangling together, like all the plots were braiding together so much that no, he couldn't update other people just be like, you need to include this, this, and that. And he's just like, get out of my way, I do it. <laughs> and uh, the 
the the fact that he lived through it is amazing because I can't imagine writing an episode every single week and then taking it immediately to film and then writing the next episode. He had binders of plot outlines so he could keep track. And then you have to do the 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 shuffle of, you know, what actor is available and which one wants to leave the show and how do we pick the storyline up when it got abandoned because that actor had to leave and who gets it now and how you know, how do we not create plot holes and you managed it brilliantly. So uh it's a good example to me of uh, of sequential, you know, if you're if you're writing episodic, that's definitely a good show to watch. To sort of learn how to braid in together and also character and uh, uh, just scope because so much of it also is is branching not only the the you know the width and breadth of space but also time like there's a time travel plot and they also have projections to the future and you had you get to think back in time to an age before all of us existed and I don't know it's just really great I love it. One of the other things is you have to keep in mind for Babylon 5 when it came out because it's like the forerunner of it's the forerunner of long-running plot arcs that actually make sense. Yep. So don't count soap operas in there. Yeah. Because until Babylon 5, there was no really show on earth with cohesive plot arcs that they were referring to things that happened in the pilot. In, in the very last episode of Babylon 5. Which went for five seasons. Yeah. Honest, a, a, yeah. Just to clarify real fast before you keep going, it was, we're talking like speculative stuff. Like, yeah. you know, dramas would have a sequential story, a uh, contiguous story, but everyone writing, you know, fantasy and sci-fi, where like Hercules, the legendary journeys, and Star Trek, and the idea was to have a syndicated show that they could shuffle the episodes up. Right. And, and then play, play them in whatever order. But B5, you couldn't do that. And that was a difficult sell because they didn't have any example of a sci-fi doing that. They didn't think people were going to pay close enough attention. This was before Netflix. Long before Netflix. It was 94. Yeah, and what I'm going to say, too, along with that, is that this is before... Yeah, as you said, 94. This is before Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, quite a bit before. Yeah, I know. And I'm saying that because nowadays people are like, okay, yeah, we know we can do that. Back then, no, they didn't. Well, comics are a great example as for, uh, you know, Straczynski wrote comics. Yeah. He he did a long run on Spider-Man. He wrote a whole bunch of other uh, contiguous stories about sci-fi concepts and you know, it's that's that was an inspiration for him. Since we're talking about things that inspire us, I agree. And yeah, one of the things is about what I'm gonna say about him real fast is, I love Marvel Cinematic Universe, but no offense to Marvel, you guys ain't got anything on on JMS. Well, so as far as being able to pull off what he did, well, that's a different, that's a completely different animal. I agree, but still. And I am having great difficulty finding this one book I know I've talked about in the past because, unfortunately, well, not not unfortunately, but Isaac Asimov was the co-author, and I know it was, I think, one of his children who wrote the book with him, and I can't remember the child's name to to his daughter's name to save my life, so I'm not finding the book, but basically it's all about avoiding burnout and keep going, and yeah, I, if I can find it before we leave for today, I will find it, but we're running close to time, so with that, let me just ask, 
what else, guys, inspires you? What if you if I brought in, which I'm not going to do, <laughs> but if I could bring in a writer who is just starting off, um, what books would you recommend that they read? And in fact, I'm going to answer that because I want to throw something out. It's not a book on writing. I am going to recommend, and they would shoot me for it, they, that they read the entire um, European history series written by Will and Ariel Durant. Because what they do is they go deep dive into history. There's so much in history that can be applied to anything else you write. It's an, it's an interesting tale. Go for it. I mean, it's huge. Uh, I would recommend for for writer just starting out looking for inspiration mm-hmm. uh, to go back and read something that really excited them as a child, something that you loved, or to watch something you really loved and look at it fr- from the eyes of a writer and figure out what you loved about it. And then I would uh, I would you know ask for recommendations from your friends that you trust that know you or or look online mm-hmm. and take the ins- you know what you got from that study of yourself and try and find something written more contemporary, more the voice that you're aiming for uh, in the present that uh, that you can then read and learn more and follow that muse because the muse is fickle and you should follow wherever she leads. Totally agree. And I'm going to say this too. There's going to be a lot of people out there you'll run into says, oh, you shouldn't read that. You should not read that. Comic books. I'm throwing mm-hmm. out their example. Or don't watch that show. That's trash. You know what? If you're finding some inspiration from it, or if you're curious, watch it. You might discover something. Anyone else? And Lashonda's giving you this look of fear <laughs> coming across. Her, her uh, point was was excellent because um, I, I just used me as an example. One of my favorite books as a kid was Little Women. Mm-hmm. And I'm into audiobooks now, so I got Little Women. Because sometimes you read something when you've grown and you go... What the heck? Mm-hmm. Why did I like that? Yeah. But Little Women still inspired me, you know, as as a 50-year-old something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, it was, and listening to it, it was a lot of stuff that I missed because I read it, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm, I, I think that you, I, I like her advice is to go and get something that just grabbed you as a kid that kept you up at that night reading with your little flashlight. <laughs> 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 and your mother hollering in the door, call, call off and go to bed read that book again now and see why it, what was it that grabbed you and then let that muse take you I really believe that that's good I agree Ryan over to you um, one of the things that, that I did I felt like at some point as the reader before I became a writer uh, it's like oh I've read everything I, 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 I like and I feel so angry now but like you know, I get, I got so so wrapped into these you know ten or twelve writers that I like. Um, so what I started doing it. I started trying to figure out okay, well, what inspired them. So like, think of think of authors you love. Think of people that you can just rattle off and people say, well, you know, what are your favorite authors? And then learn who inspired them, and then read them um, because it'll take you deeper into new different veins of, of writing and genre and inspiration. Agreed. Anyone else? Brad? Yeah, I would actually say to uh, become a sponge and soak it all up. Uh, I love nothing greater to equate to writers than the uh, 
Marvel scene in uh, the first Avengers where Tony Stark walks in and has just learned all about, uh, I can't remember what it is. Uh, he learned all about it last night. Um, oh. This seems to be what writers are like. Just the other day, I learned all about uh, hydrodynamics and how it applies to landscapes and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, why? I needed it for a story. Um, I don't know if I needed that level of science for the story, but understanding it was important to me. So, you know, going and learning things that are well outside of the norm, uh, I, I, as a writer, I think is probably the smartest thing you can do. Um, you know, become an armchair expert in everything. There's nothing wrong with that because that wealth of knowledge base just feeds your writing in such ways you'll never know. Agreed. Anyone else? If not, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining in and listening to this podcast today. Please subscribe. I am going to, we are going to be moving us off of Blog Talk Radio onto a different platform. Probably, the debate right now is whether that's going to be January 1st or for Season 6 opening, which will be the first Saturday, Sunday in March. Uh, stay tuned for that. We do have a new website coming up. It is a monster, so it's taking a while. But that is coming. Please reach out to us at Radio at windingtrailsmedia.com if you have any discussions you want to talk about the show at all or ideas that you've had. Furthermore, you can also comment on our Facebook page or send us messages there and at Twitter and so forth. So thank you, everybody. Take care. Have a great week writing. The new theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.